a proud mom and dad up in Ohio today in Columbus. Pastor uh, Jeffrey and uh, his, his beautiful bride are up celebrating uh, their daughter uh, Jana's graduation from Ohio Dominican. That's why uh, he's not here this morning. And as someone already said this morning, you're stuck with me. So uh, there you go. Well, here is, uh, oh, that's a great picture. Very cool. So uh, send them a note on Facebook or something. Uh, here's a picture of my mom. Uh, her name is Sherry. And uh, and when I think of my mom, this is actually at my sister's wedding about uh, six months ago. When I think of my mom, Sherry, uh, I think about our, our, our back door. Our back door is always open. It's always open. Uh, in fact, there is a key, if, if it is locked, there is a key in the most obvious place imaginable. All right? There is a little light, and you can actually, if you just are at the door and you look over, like, hey, there's a key. <laughs> and uh, so everyone and their brother knows how to break into our house. We, we don't have much to, to steal, but there it is. Uh, and so people were always over at my house. I mean, people I'd never met before, and they would come over for lunch uh, after church. Remember when we used to eat lunch uh, at home? <laughs> uh, there were like three staples in my house, uh, KFC, uh, roast beef, and spaghetti. And those things, we just would rotate uh, on Sunday. And uh, so people would come over all the time, and uh, we're eating chicken. And, and I'd come home one day, and there's, there's somebody just swimming in my pool. Uh, no clue who they are. But that was my house. That's what I grew up with. When I, when I when I see my mom, I think of these stories and people that she's invested in because uh, my mom is a lifelong church woman. She has done everything imaginable in the church uh, from skits. Uh, she's the skit lady at her church. Uh, she uh, has been involved in youth ministry for about 20 years, uh, investing in the lives of students. I think of just all these faces, all these names of people that she is, is given to. I think of Miss Rhonda. Miss Rhonda is a lady in our church back home that uh, she gave her life to the Lord. She was living for God, and something derailed her life. And it sent her into a deep depression, into alcohol, and to, to all these terrible things. And a lot of people gave up on Miss Rhonda, but not my mom. She was there for her. And she was there when things got really bad. When there were calls in the middle of the night, and uh, two or three in the morning, that needing a ride, my mom was there picking her up until finally Miss Rhonda gave her life back to the Lord. And Miss Rhonda is living for God today. That's my mom. That's the kind of things that uh, there's some moms here in this room that have been doing for years, that, that investment into lives, and it's a beautiful thing. Well, Pastor Jeffrey, he kicked us off last week, and we're in this series, this four-week series on the, the book of Acts, and uh, Acts is an awesome book. I mean, we're traveling through the Bible, and I couldn't have asked for just a better place to be this morning, because Acts is full of the Acts of the Apostles. Last week, Je uh, Jeffrey talked about how there is more, there's something more, okay, beyond belief, beyond baptism, beyond forgiveness. There's something more out there, and that something more is this life lived through the Holy Spirit. Jesus came and he said, you know what? Stop worrying about power. Start worrying about your own agenda. Start living through this Spirit. He said it this way in Acts 1-8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you are going to be my witnesses around the globe in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. And when the apostles heard this, the inspiration of the Lord, the Holy Spirit came. In Acts chapter 2, right after Jesus went up into heaven, in Acts chapter 2, uh, the Holy Spirit comes down. What happened is they're in this room, 
And suddenly the, this wind sound from heaven came down. And it says that there were like flames of fire upon their heads. And suddenly they started to speak in other languages. But, in, but other people that came up, they were hearing their own language. At the first kind of speaking in tongues situation. I was with a, a, a son of a missionary once, and he, we were talking about speaking in tongues. And he, he told a story about his dad when he was in Africa once. And he was preaching with an interpreter. And he would preach, interpreter would interpret, he would preach, interpret, preach, interpret. The Spirit filled that place. And suddenly the interpreter just stops talking. And he, would, he repeated the line over again, and the interpreter didn't say anything. He repeated the line over again in his sermon. The interpreter didn't say anything. And finally, he just kind of looks over and says, are you going to interpret? And the guy looked back at him and said, I don't need to. They can hear you. That's the Spirit of God. That's speaking in tongues. That's what happened that day in, uh, for the apostles when the Spirit came down, and it changed their lives. Somebody looked at him and said, these guys are drunk. Can you hear them talking? It's, and Peter, suddenly filled with the Spirit, he says, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. We're not, these guys aren't drunk. And let me just tell you why. And he goes on to preach. And he's preaching to the people. And 3,000 people are saved that day. 3,000. There are about 120. Then 3,000 people saved in a day. That's awesome. God was at work in the world. That's what he does through his spirit and through that power. In Acts chapter 3, I mean, this, you can just feel the momentum building for these guys. Peter and John, they go to t the temple, and they come in for the prayer time, and they see this guy. It's that guy that maybe you know a guy around your neighborhood. It's the, the guy that's always in the same place. Maybe he's selling papers. Maybe he's got a sign. And he was there, the same guy they've seen there for 40 years. He's in the temple, and he's begging for money. And Peter and John, they go up to him. And Peter, it says that the Bible, he, he, he looked into his eyes intently. And, he, and the guy thinks that he's about to give him some money. And he said, basically, I've, I've got something for you. He said, I don't have any silver and gold, but I've got something else for you. And he picks him up by the right hand. And suddenly this man who hadn't walked in 40 years, his ankles and the bones in his legs begin to strengthen up, and this man walks. He walks. That happened. And it wasn't Jesus personally. It was through the power of the Spirit. People start to, to look around and say, hey, isn't that that guy we see every day? He's walking. He's been faking it for a long time. No, that's not what he, they said. They said. Look at that. That's amazing. That's awesome. People start to gather around. And Peter's like, he, he is now a bona fide preacher because he sees people. It's time to preach. Uh, he starts to preach. It was awesome. People, more people got saved. 2,000 more got saved that day. God was at work. God was at work in the world doing amazing things through the boldness of his disciples by the power of the, the Holy Spirit. You know, that's not just in the Bible, don't you? But God is at work today. He's at work today. God is at work today in our world, and he is doing amazing things through the boldness of his disciples by the power of the Holy Spirit. I love great stories. I love to hear great stories because stories, they teach us, they inspire us, they, they give us a vision of, of maybe of where we should be. Last week we heard about Zach uh, 
Pastor Jeffrey's son-in-law, their church in Crossroads, it's in Columbus, they had this spontaneous baptism where basically they, they were planning on doing a, a baptism, but they just said, hey, you want to get baptized? We got some more clothes and we got some more towels. Why don't you come on? Why don't you, why don't you come and get baptized too? And they, they made a video of, of what happened. 125 people were baptized that day. I want you to check out the video, just a little snippet of it. doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. That's awesome. God is at work in our world. He's at work. I, I was reading just the other day about a conference a couple of months ago in San Francisco, and these students get together, and their whole point of the conference is they're going to go out and they're going to cut homeless people's hair, they're going to wash their feet, they're going to wash their hair, and just love them, and feed them a meal, I mean, just speak hope into their life. Kids are doing this. And they, they, they have the leaders, and they're about ready to kick this conference off, and they, they ran into a problem. They ran into a, a huge, uh, just a, a, a massive wall. The, the leader comes into the room, and he's speaking to the leaders and saying, hey, guys, I have some bad news. We don't have any meat. I know we've planned on feeding these 10,000 people, but we don't, have any, we don't have any food to get. We don't have any meat to give them, and I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, we've got all these kids, and people are excited about this. You know, and they just start to pray. They just start to pray. And people start to say, hey, well, we can use my credit card or my credit card. An hour after that announcement was made, they get a call from Trader Joe's. Ever heard of Trader Joe's? Call from Trader Joe's. Hey, uh, our freezers just broke down, and we got a, we got a couple of truckloads of meat. Uh, could you guys use that? Yes, we could use that. That's our God at work. That is our God at work. A couple of, uh, of, of weeks ago, we had this thing called the 30-hour famine that's, that was here. And kids are going 30 hours uh, to raise money. They go without eating food to raise money uh, for people that are hungry around the globe. And our kids teamed up with a couple of their churches. They raised $5,000 to feed kids next year. That's awesome. Yeah. We... We had this group come in. It's a group that I just heard about, Redeemed Ministries. And I don't know if you know this, but in our world today, there are still 27 million people that are slaves in our world. They're being trafficked as slaves today. 
That's ridiculous. And in, the, in our country, there are 18,000 is the guesstimate on, on the number of people. And Houston is one of the, the, the leading places for this. That shouldn't be. That is our world that is broken and is messed up. I mean, do you, do you realize that? We live in a broken world where people are hurting, where, where people are, are hungry, both physically and spiritually. There are people that are in need. And, and this group, they came in. Uh, Miss Carol came in, and she gave a presentation, and she talked and told the kids about this. And uh, she talked about what they're doing as, as a ministry, and the kids did a project to help out. But one of the things she said, she called me up and said, I, I, I got this crazy idea. I want the students from your family. We've got this one site, and we just know that there's stuff going on. You know that there's sites all around Houston where prostitution, where kids and women are being basically sold for sex. We've got this location. It's, it's off on I-10. What I want, I was, just kind of felt like God was telling us to do, we want the kids to go in and just pray across the street from that location. Pray that God would free the captives. Now, i got to be honest. At first, I was like, I was kind of going through, that's uh, kind of awkward, you know, that, you know, we know what happens in there, and you know, the kids. And, but you know what? I just said, we're going to do it. Yeah, let's do it. Kids go over there. They start to pray uh, for release of of these women for hope that God would intervene. Get a, a week later, I get an email from Carol. You're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. And she sends me this, this picture and a story from the news. And, the, and it's this place that we were at a week before. And the police have come in and they have raided the place. <sighs> and they didn't just raid that place. They raided a couple other places. And now they're on a string where they're just like, we're, we're breaking these up. We're resting people. That's God at work in our world through his disciples. That's right. About two weeks ago, I got a phone call uh, from a lady in our church. And she said, Pastor Matt, God has uh, put a, a, a burden on my heart uh, for someone that, a boy, I don't even know who it is, that needs clothes. What can, can, I, what can I do to help? You've come to the right place. That's awesome. Paired her up with a boy that needed clothes. That's God at work in our world through his disciples. Man, that excites me. When I hear what God's doing in his word, when I see what God's doing in our world, that ex- I, I sat right over here last week when Pastor Jeffrey kind of kicked this off, and I said, I was just praying at the end, I want more stories. I want to hear about more stories. I want to have more stories. Don't you? Don't you want to be able to share this and, and just hear and know what God is doing in our world? Acts chapter 4, that's where we're living today. Let's, let's just kind of maybe walk through this a bit of where these disciples were. Because they come off this scene where they just have healed this man. And what happens? Well, Let's check it out. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. 
But many of the people who heard their message believed, and it's so, and so the number of believers now told about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. Sorry, women and children. Uh, the next day, the council of all the elders and the teachers of the religious law, they met in Jerusalem. And Annas the high priest, that's an unfortunate name, was there, and along with Caiaphas and John and Alexander and the other relatives of the high priest, okay? So they, these guys come in. They're offended. They're offended that they're preaching in the name of Jesus, that, that Jesus had resurrected from the dead, and they grab these guys, okay? And they throw them into prison. But these are some names. These names that were listed, they're familiar names. They're familiar to Peter. They're familiar from about two months back to when Jesus was crucified. Do you ever see a face or hear something or smell something that, that kicks you into like a flashback? Or you suddenly can remember a memory like, oh, I remember that like yesterday. I really feel like that Peter kind of had a flashback moment here. You know, flashback, when I think flashback, I think my grandmother, uh, Hawkins, who I was forced to watch uh, Days of Our Lives with, when I was eight years old, and my grandma this time was, was we're going to say half deaf, but probably fully deaf, okay? And we're watching Days of Our Lives, and when you, you, you can't hear very well, you turn the TV up really loud, all right? And so, Bo, you are so pretty. All right, Hope, what, are they still on that show, Bo and Hope? They've been on that show forever, all right? Not that I watch now. But when they had a flashback scene, they had like these, these like glamour shots clouds beside. Do you remember that? And it kind of went back to these memory flashback moments. All right. Well, there's things that kind of give us flashbacks. They do for me. Sometimes it smells. Like I can smell freshly cut grass. And the first thing I think of, Friday night football. Like when you're walking into the stick, can you, you smell that? Oh, when we lived in, in Florida, there were these orange blossoms that, that, that came into season every year. When I, when I catch a, a scent of, of citrus, citrus, I suddenly can like, think about those orange blossoms and then those days of just smelling that at a certain time of year. Or, or maybe it's words that kind of kick you into to remembering something. I cannot hear the phrase, let the dog out, without thinking of... Who let the dogs out? Who, who, who? Every single time. Thank you, Baja men, for that is awesome lyrics that you've given us to the world. Who let the dogs out? Who, who comes up with that? But it is in my brain now. Or if I hear just the phrase, just stop, I suddenly think of stop, collaborate, and listen. Ice is back with a brand new edition. Something, grab a holding me tightly. It's in my brain. It just kicks you back to that. Or, or, or maybe it's a, a picture. Yearbooks are coming out this time of year. And you, here's a scary one, okay? Pull your yearbook out. Just flip through the pages. Look at faces and just what is the first thing that pops into your mind? It'll take you to a story. Like, it'll take you to a time in high school or middle school or wherever. You know, when I look at pictures from our family, I can almost, I feel like I'm back to that day where wherever happened. And, and pictures of my sisters and, and, and memories and Christmases. I can remember that moment like it, was, like it was today. This time of year, you've got on Facebook, if you've been watching all, you've got prom pictures and dance pictures. Uh, you've seen these this, the last few weeks. It's, I know there's still a few to come. I found some, now these aren't our kids, okay? Bad prom pictures. Bad 
prom, and here are a couple. Let us venture together, all right? <laughs> We've got, uh, I think this is like the samurai couple. Uh, that girl right there is going, why did I agree to do this? All right, he's got a sword too. I don't think that's legal. Uh, I think this is leather, I want to say. And you got the cane. Uh, we've got, uh, let's see, the next one. I think this is, uh, ah, this is the rainbow uh, motif. I want to think that this is the 80s, but I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Then you've got, yep, you got Star Trek lovers here. Star Wars, sorry. It's all the same to me, Star, whatever. You're all nerds who watch it anyway. Now here is it. Uh, this is a near and dear. This is kind of like a Sheldon Cooper here. Uh, he's like, forget the girl. I'm just going to bring my computer with me. Uh, kind of like that. Unfortunately, though, <laughs> unfortunately, when I see prom pictures or I see dance pictures, immediately I think of one picture, and it's it's uh, it's this picture right here, actually. That's. That's me in the eighth grade, yes. And I don't know if you know, I've got like the little, the lean going on kind of thing going. That's what you did when you were cool back in the day. Uh, of course, I didn't have any shoulders at this point either. So, uh, but behind this picture, I don't know if you uh, can look at see my face there, but uh, I am not happy in this picture. All right, I am not. I can remember when we took this picture. All right, this was like the. Uh, Obviously, they, they really uh, broke the bank on the decorations there. Uh, but I remember the moment taking this picture and how just like hurt and how mad I was in that moment. Because behind this picture is a story. The story goes like this. I didn't have a date for eighth grade uh, dance. In eighth grade dance, you, you, you got to have a date. You know? And I remember uh, the, the, the songs that were played at that dance. Diamonds and Pearls by, by Prince. Have you ever heard that? <laughs> Song of the year for that dance, all right? I didn't have a date, all right? And the girl that I really liked, her name is Olivia, okay? But Olivia was going out with Sterling. <laughs> oh, I didn't like Sterling. So out of nowhere, uh, my friend, person that I, I, we spent a lot of time together, great friend, her name is Krista. Krista said, hey, um, are you going with anybody to the eighth grade dance? And I said, uh, no, I don't, I don't have anybody to go with. And she said, well, do you, do you want to go with me? And I was like, I think I even said this out loud. Well, I don't have anybody else to go with. Okay. <laughs> and immediately when I said yes, her face lit up in excitement. And we were ready to go. And I was working on the tux. I, actually, I remember I borrowed the uh, cummerbund. It, it had stars on it. You can't see that. Uh, but inside the cummerbund and, and the tie. Well, about... Three days before this dance, Olivia and Sterling broke up. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Open door. Uh, so I, you know, I prayed about this hard. Uh, I uh, said, <laughs> you know what? Here's my chance. And so I went to Olivia, and I pulled the uh, friend uh, who is here for you kind of thing. And uh, so I pulled that for a little bit and said, hey, well, you're, are you, you're, not going, you're not going with anybody now, are you, to the dance? Oh, no, I was going to go with Sterling. Oh, what, do you want to go with me? Yeah, I'm a jerk. I know. It was like 15 years ago, 20 years ago. She said, yeah, and her face looked, yeah, I'd love to. 
And suddenly I was, man, I was excited. I was so excited. I was so excited. I went home that night and no clue in my mind. I just, I called Krista up. You're not going to believe this. Olivia broke up with Sterling. And, and Olivia's got to go to the dance with me. Aren't you excited? So that means we're not going to go. No, but I'm, I'm going to go with Olivia. Okay. Click. You could just hear it in her voice, though. You, I, you could hear the tears in her voice over my head. Just shook it off completely. I'm excited about this dance. I go the day of at school, and I go to the, because uh, I was Rico Suave back then. I went to the nearest gas station. They had these things called McBud Roses, and I went and bought a, a rose from the gas station. Don't, I don't suggest that today, guys, if, you're, if you don't have a, a gift today. I went and got this rose, and I gave it to her. And she got a, you could just tell, fake smile, hey, okay. I went and picked her up, Olivia up that night. And when I picked her up, we got there, and immediately it went south. Uh, we got split up to go to the restroom or something. I come around the corner, and I hear Olivia talking to her friends. Can you believe he got me a gas station flower? And the tag was still on it. I can't believe I can't believe I'm here with him. I want to be basically started talking about Sterling. Immediately sunk. Go into the room. We didn't dance a single time. And about halfway through, she starts to dance with Sterling. And I'm sitting there by myself in the corner. And she comes and she grabs me and says, hey, we need to go take a picture. They say we need to take a picture. And that is the moment that I took that picture and steamed. And you know how I'm leaning in? That's because the cameraman, I was like way over there. They're like, hey, lean in. Act like you like her. That whole. I go over to the corner again, and I am just, I'm devastated. I am, my hands are in, my face are are just covered. I don't even want to see anybody. I don't want to dance. I don't want to do anything. And suddenly, I feel the presence of a person just right over me. I kind of feel that shadow. And I peek through my hands. And there is Krista. And she just says one statement to me. Do you want to dance? Do you want to dance? I said, yes. And in the middle of all that, I'm so sorry. You know what? Our God, he's the God of second chances. He's the God of second chances. And I don't know what pictures are in your mind. But I do know this, that the enemy wants to bring those pictures up in your mind. And I'm not just talking about eighth grade dances. I'm talking about of our past, things that have, are bringing us down, sins in our lives, things that we have, have done that we regret. Maybe it was the stuff that we didn't say. And for Peter, that was this moment. These, these names, these are all the people that were there two months ago. Remember two months ago in this story? Jesus is on trial. Jesus is on trial, and there is Peter, and he's kind of following from behind. After just, just hours before, he said, I'll die for you, God. I'll, Jesus, I'll do whatever. I'm not going to deny you. He's there in the courtyard at the home of the high priest, same high priest. He's there. With, this girl comes up and says, you're with him. You know him. I don't know him. I don't, I don't know. I've never seen that man. He even curses and says, I don't know that man, rooster crows. Talking about burning a, ministry, uh, a memory in your mind, that rooster. 
And here in, in, in this passage of Scripture right here, Peter and John are before these same people again. Two months later, 70, the Sanhedrin is about 71 people. And these, they're full of the high priests, the Sadducees, the wealthiest of the people around. And here they are, and they're, they're asking him, by what power and what name did you do this? And they're mad. Because they're, they're mad that Jesus, this whole Jesus thing is stirring back up again. And here is this moment, and, and I can't imagine being in that place, just surrounded by people. And for Peter, this moment of, there's got to be fear. They, they could kill me like they killed Jesus. I saw what happened. They're, they're, worry, doubt, maybe those, those pictures from, from the past of, that Satan throws in, in our minds. And what does he say? When we ask him that question, they brought him and the two disciples, and they demanded, by what power and whose name have you done this? How did you do this? Whose name? And this is Peter's response. Filled with the Holy Spirit, he said this, Rulers and elders of the people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Then let me state clearly to all of you and to all the people of Israel, I don't care who hears it, that he has been healed by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in Scripture when he says the stone that your builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Bam! I mean, talking about like a redemption moment, that's awesome. I mean, that's coming back. Forget the past. It's today. It's today. Right now, right here. Hey, you know how he was healed? Jesus Christ healed him. You know who crucified him? You did. But you know who brought him back from the dead? God did. Bam! That's an awesome moment. And what happens in that moment? Silence. Silence. The people didn't know how, the, 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 the high priest and the Sanhedrin didn't know how to respond. The members of the council, they were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were just ordinary men with no special training in Scripture. I love this verse. The Greek here, uh, here's one you want to remember. Idiote. Idiote. I-D-I-O-T-E. Guess what word we get from that? Idiot. That's right. Idiot. Kids remember that one. All right. Idiote. He's, they basically looked at each other and said, these guys are just a bunch of idiots. They, they don't have any training. And, and look what they've done. They, look what they did. And they were silenced. You, have you ever heard anyone say, well, I just don't know anything. I don't know enough about the, the Bible. I don't, I don't. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I mean, we at least qualify for that. And here, these guys are <laughs> amazing, amazing what God, he does through people. And I, and I was reading this, I'm thinking, well, well what did these guys have? How, how did they do this? How were they doing this? And, and I was thinking about this this week and thinking about these stories and how, how do we have more stories? Well, this is what they had. They had the teachings of Jesus. It says in, in Acts chapter 2, verse uh, 42, they, they, they devoted themselves to the teachings of the disciples, to the breaking of bread, and to fellowship. They had, they had basically Jesus' teachings and a few of the Old Testament writings. You know, we have, we've got these nice Bibles, and they even come with maps. Uh, does your Bible have a map 
If your Bible even has them, it like comes out if it's old enough. Um, we've got maps. We've got the Word of God. We've got the Old Testament, the New Testament. We've got Roman. They didn't have. They had. They had the teachings of God. They they had this experience where they had witnessed Christ's resurrection and they had the Holy Spirit. Those three things we have to have. We need God's word. They, they, they devoted themselves to the teaching. Let me just tell you, it's when you spend time with God. When you spend time with Christ in his word and in prayer and in fellowship and breaking your bread with believers, that is when our faith grows. It's when, our fa- when you spend more time with God, have you ever noticed this, that he speaks even more clearly, that his voice is even louder? when we, we spend more time with him. What did it say here? They also, and this is verse 13, they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. The world knows when we've been with Jesus. The world recognizes it. They might not know everything about Jesus, but they do know what he, he doesn't look like. And they know some traits of him as well. And they see, can see that in our actions, in the, in the way that we live. We begin to talk like him. We begin to act like him. This whole scene here, get silver and gold I don't have, but I have something better for you. Who does that sound like? That sounds like Jesus to me. God sees it. They, people see it. And the world, they want to see it in our action. They started, what, how did they start? They started with an act of compassion. And then they begin to preach. The world knows when we've been with Jesus. Your friends know it when you've been with Jesus. Your family knows it. You know what? Your kids know it. They can tell if you've been with Jesus or not. What else did they have? They had this testimony. They had this, we have seen Jesus and he rose from the dead. We have that. We have that in our, we can testify to that. I can testify that God has raised from the dead and he has changed my heart and he's changed my life. And they had the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit living and active in their lives. And the Holy Spirit is the one that provides the power. This week, uh, Josh Hamilton, and we're kind of pulling for him because he's, uh, you've heard a little bit about his story before. Praise play for the Rangers. He hit four home runs in one game. Only a handful of people have done that. Afterwards, after the game, you know what he says? He says it's kind of over and over again. He talks about the Lord, which is awesome. But the, the statement that caught my mind was this. Uh, he said, I just kept reminding myself that if I just put a good swing on the bat, that the power is there. I don't need to provide the power that it's already there. I was like, that's, 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 act. that's what it's all about. The Holy Spirit provides the power. We just, need, we just need to obey. We just need to listen. We just need to, we just need to act. Reminded of a, another story. Uh, this morning. We'll, we'll keep going down a little bit here. Uh, as you keep going, they, basically the people, they say, you know what, we don't know what to do with these guys. We, we, we can't do anything with them because, you know what, all the people have seen what, what's happened with this man. We can't do it. I mean, we can't put them in jail. We have to let them go. They let them go, and, and guess what happens from there? They go back to their church, their, their people, and they, they start to praise God and say, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe what just happened, what God just did. And they, they pray. And as they're praying, guess what they pray for? They pray for boldness. Give me boldness. Give us even more boldness. 
and the ground, it shook. The ground shook. What if, what if in our life groups, what if in our, our meetings when we come together for lunch and just to spend time with one another, and I, don't, I hope you don't hear me wrong this morning. I think, I think that prayer requests are great, and we need to share those amongst each other. And we need to lift each other's burdens up, and God needs to hear those. But what if, before we shared requests, we said, you're not going to believe what happened this week. I was in the grocery store, and I felt like God was just telling me to, to buy this woman's groceries. And I did. You're not going to believe what happened this week. You're not going to believe what God did through me this week. You're not going to believe I was talking to this coworker, and the story started to come in. When that happens, people have even more boldness. They hear and they want. They, I want that. You want that. What if we our conversations meant a little bit more? Last story. The band's coming up. They're... Uh, we, in our life group, we're, we're going through the story, and it's a, it's a version of the, kind of a, a book-long version of the Bible. And in, in Samuel, uh, in the book of Samuel, it talks about Jonathan and David and, and uh, Saul and their life. And there's a story that I was reminded of this week, uh, and it's basically the Philistines and the Israelites. This is Samuel, 1 Samuel 13 and 14. Uh, the Philistines are fighting the Israelites. They always seem to be fighting back then. Uh, and the, the Philistines in, in verse, uh, let's see, 1 says this, or 2. It, it talks about the, the Israelites' army, and it goes down to 5. The Philistines mustered a mighty army, this is the enemy, of 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and as many warriors as the grains of, of sand on the seashore. So there's this huge army. When this huge army comes out, the Israelites, God's people, they take off. They scatter. They say that they went to the caves. They went and found hiding places. And they just they left. They just took off. And they could see from a distance. And Saul was left with only 600 men against this huge, huge army. So what happens then? Jonathan, Saul's, uh, his, his son, one day Saul, or Jonathan said to the armor bearer, his armor bearer, Come on, let's go over to where the Philistines have their outpost. But Jonathan did not tell his father where he was going. So Jonathan says, hey, let's go over to the other side. Let's see what's happening over there. They cross the lines and go over to the other side of the battle. And in, in verse 16, it says, let's go across to the outpost of those pagans. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or just a few. Do what you think is best, the armor bearer replied. I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. So Jonathan goes over with the, just the armor bearer, and he goes over the line of battle. And it's basically these two cliffs. And, and Jonathan, uh, they get to one side of the cliff, and they look over, and they see, they see the army, this huge army. And Jonathan, and this is a little paraphrasing, he basically says, when they see us, if, if, if they... They tell us to come over, then we'll go, and God will give us the victory. So they go over to the side, just the place where they can be seen. The enemy looks at them, and when he sees them, they come out, and they basically say this, and this is kind of a funny, funny verse. It says, come up here, and we're going to teach you a lesson. That's what the arm, other army says. Come over here, and we're going to teach you a lesson. So Jonathan and this armor bearer, 
They, they climb up this mountain. They, they climb up, and they're facing the entire army with just two people. Two people. They climb up, and they get to the other side, and suddenly they just start to fight this entire army of people. And 20 people fall of the enemy, die on two sword, with two swords. An earthquake happens, and the other army, they become confused, and chaos begins to erupt. And there's, there's just this complete chaotic scene where Jonathan and this armor bearer are fighting an entire army, and they're winning. And suddenly, the 600 guys that have stuck around, they look up at this mountain, and they go, what is going on up there? And they look around and say, well, where is there? I, who, who's, who's not here? And they look around, and they take a roll, and they say that Jonathan's not, Jonathan's not here. Is he up there? He's up there. And suddenly, the 600, they're like, well, let's go under Saul's leadership. Let's go with them. The 600, they follow him up, and they join the fight. And it becomes even more of a victory. And, and the people that are in the caves and the bushes and all around, they start to peek out from the bushes. What, what's, what's, what's going on up there? <laughs> looks, looks like we're winning. We're, we're winning. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Which i I got to be honest. I'm like, man, that's kind of lame. <laughs> that's pretty lame. And they join the fight, and, they get, and God gets the victory that day. You know what? And this is my confession today. Too many times, I'm in the bushes. And I'm looking up, and when, when things are right, I want to join the, the, the fight. And I think as a church, as, as a whole, in our country, that's what we're doing. We're just sitting back and, and waiting. And there have been times where, you know what? I feel close to God. I feel like that I, I've spent time in His Word and, and I have faith and I, a growing faith. But do I have boldness? Do we have boldness? Boldness to, to, to get past the past and just go forward and obey God and realize that He's going to provide the power. He's going to provide the victory. To be like Jonathan said, God's going to have the victory. He's going to take care of it. He's going to do it if we'll just go. I think if we do that, we're going to have some stories. We're going to hear some stories. We're going to see, we're going to see some baptisms. We're going to see lives changed even more. And are we going to do it just like that church? Are we going to do it just like Jonathan did it? No. That's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. It, it, it happens in a creative, awesome, different way. It might happen today, tomorrow. When God speaks, are you going to be bold enough to obey and, and to listen? Let's pray. God, man, I thank you for what you're doing, Lord. I thank you that you are the God. You're the God of second chances. You give us a second chance to redeem ourselves, Lord, to redeem ourselves from our past, a past of sin, a past of mess-ups and brokenness. Lord, you redeem us. You saved us. You saved our lives, God. You have, through your grace and through your mercy, through the cross, you have given us freedom. You have given us peace. But, Lord, you don't want us to stay there, God. I don't want to stay there. 
Lord, you have something more for us, Jesus. And Lord, thank you for that. Thank you that we get to be a part of, of what you're doing in this world, that we get to be your, your vessels. We get to be used by you to, to help see the chains broken, to help see lives restored, to help see the misrondas come back to you. Lord, may it be in my life. God, give me boldness. It's not who I am, but who you are through the Spirit, God. Give us boldness and let us, Lord, be focused on you, Lord. Give us the, the courage of Jonathan. Give us the, the bravery of Peter that we can stand, Lord, we can stand in front of our enemies and say it is in the name of Jesus Christ. It is by the power of his resurrection. It's not on my doing, by my doing. It's nothing that I've said or, or done, but it's all about him. God, rise up an army. Rise up a people that are bold for you. I pray these things in your name. Amen.